0: We are um, starting a new sermon series today, which a sermon series is basically, hey, we just take some, a few weeks, and, and uh, there's so many different things to look in the scriptures to preach, and so many different topics, and so many different ways of going about doing it. So we find some sermon series, some, some topics, some ideas, and we're launching a brand new one today. Um, and uh, if you're new, if you're sort of visiting, it's your first time, you're here on the right day. This is perfect. We're starting something brand new. So this is great. Becca's going to read the scripture that we're going to look at this morning.
1: Today's scripture is Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud To you, O men, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind, you who are simple. Gain prudence, you who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance evil behavior and perverse speech counsel and sound judgment are mine i have understanding and power by me kings reign and rulers make laws that are just my prince my princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth I love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasures full." The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the, faces, on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundary, so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind." Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me, finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me, harms himself. All who hate me, Love death.
0: This is God's word this morning. This is from the book of Proverbs. Does anybody know what the best animated Disney movie is? Does anybody know the right answer to that? This is Brooks's completely subjective trivia question. The best Disney movie, what would you say? Lion King? Close, but no cigar. No, no, no. Well, that's a good one, but... Aladdin, who said Aladdin? That's the right answer. You said it. Yeah, Aladdin. Okay, you can disagree with me, but hey, this is I pastor this church, okay? So, I'm allowed to have my own opinion. <laughs> About about the best Disney movie. I, I loved Aladdin growing up, and I even loved it in high school because then in high school is when you hear that there's like subliminal messages, you know, like hidden in the Disney movies. And so we had VHSs at the time, so we would like you know slow the VHSs down and try to find the subliminal messages in the in the Disney movies. Um, but you guys remember the story of Aladdin, right? Aladdin, he gets he finds the uh, the lamp, and then the genie comes out. And he's, he's able to ask for whatever he wants. So there's a couple things that he can ask for, but every, everything else is pretty much fair game. Um, there's actually a person in the Bible who has their own Aladdin moment um, in a little bit of a different way. There's this guy, his name is Solomon, King Solomon. He's the king. He's the son of David. David has, you know, if, if and if you're not familiar with Bible stuff, you know, it's in the Old Testament. You have probably heard about King David. He was a very important, uh, uh, influential king in in uh, in the history of of uh, the the Israelites. And he had a son, Solomon. And Solomon got to rule and reign um, after David had gone. And God, there's this, there's this point in the, book of, in the book of Kings, I think 1 Kings, where, where God sort of comes to Solomon and says, Solomon, um, here is your Aladdin moment. Um, I will give you anything you ask for. What are you asking? What do you want? What do you want? I'll give it to you. Now, we don't know, you know, so, you know, why did God do this with was was it Solomon? Well, God's sovereign, you know, he gets to do what, what he wants to do. He doesn't get to do, he doesn't do that with all of us, you know, right? Like, I don't think you've probably had that experience. But God comes to Solomon and he says, what do you want? And so what can Solomon ask for? He has so many things that he can ask for. Um, riches, honor, fame, you know, I mean, just whatever. And Solomon responds in such, in a, hopefully in a way that we would respond. Solomon responds in a really cool way. Solomon says, hey, God. Um, I'm, I'm supposed to lead these people, but who can lead this great people of yours without, if they don't have wisdom, if they don't have discernment? So God, wh- what I want above everything else is wisdom. I want wisdom. I want discernment. And God essentially says, great answer, great answer, A+. plus." That's, I'm so glad you answered that way, Solomon, because you're not only, because you answered that way, you're not only going to get wisdom, but with wisdom is going to come the renown and the riches and the honor and the fame. So essentially, Solomon gets it all by asking for wisdom. And what we're going to do today is, like I said, we're starting this sermon series. We're going to be go, going through it through the summer, and it's a sermon series called Be Wise, and we're going to look at the book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes. So today is just a little bit of an introduction of those two books, but in particular to the book of Proverbs, because Solomon, who I just mentioned, is the author of most of the Proverbs. So when you open up your Bible to the first half, to, it's called the Old Testament, right around in the middle are these, they're called the wisdom books. It's proverbs and psalm, psalm Ecclesiastes, um, the book of Job is lumped in there too with wisdom books, and Solomon he wrote a lot of these proverbs, and so when you flip there, um, you'll when you when you're reading a lot of that stuff, it'll say it if it'll say it at the top if he didn't write it, but Solomon wrote pretty much all of those proverbs that you read, and they are so pithy, they are so helpful. Um, Proverbs is a really, really remarkable book. Um, here's a couple things about Proverbs that, that you need to know. First of all, it was primarily written to young men. So you'll, you'll notice in the writing of the book, if you read it, that it's addressed mostly to, to young men. Now, ladies, that doesn't take you off the hook or it doesn't mean that it's not helpful to you at all. Um, it just means in this context, this was sort of like a training manual for, for young Jewish men. How do I live? How do I, how do I know who I am? How do I know how the world works? Um, to sort of aid in that sort of teaching of these young men, you'll notice that the whole book is sort of set up um, with with these two voices. Primarily, the voice of wisdom, and the voice of wisdom is a woman. in In the book of Proverbs, she's she's named she's called Lady Wisdom. And you'll notice that the very the, for the first nine chapters, ten chapters, it's not really doing like sort of like the the uh, the you know, the fortune cookie uh, little pithy statements as the rest of the book of Proverbs has. But the first nine chapters or so, it's just, it's lady wisdom calling out to the foolish young men. It's lady wisdom saying, please, I am calling to you. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. And then there's this another character that sort of comes in through and it's lady folly. It's foolishness. Lady wisdom is saying, please listen to me, listen to me. If you come on my path, if you follow me there, things are going to go well for you. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to Lady Folly. But then you'll hear Lady Folly's voice in the beginning of Proverbs there. And Lady Folly will say, no, no, no. Come over here. Come follow me. This way is fun. You know, like this way is exciting. You know, you want to go this way. And so there's this sort of dialogue that happens in the book of Proverbs. The other cool thing about the book of Proverbs is there's 31 chapters so what a lot of people do is read a chapter a day, and just depending on what day of the month it is, because a chapter of day keeps the foolishness away, all right? Um, so that's a really easy way to read the book of Proverbs. It's the, what is it, the 30th? No, it's the first today, right? Oh, perfect. This works great. I didn't even think about this until just now. It's the first today. So you could read Proverbs 1 today and 2 tomorrow, and you can just take the month of July, and go work through the book of Proverbs, and you'll be so glad you did. Here's why we're spending a lot of, here's why we're spending time on talking about wisdom. Uh, There's a lot of reasons. I just have a few moments to just sort of set up. I hope I can just whet your appetite so you'll want to come back next week and keep looking at the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes along with us as a a family. Here's one of the reasons why this is important, why we're talking about this, is um, I've used this illustration before, but I find it really, really helpful, and I find it's helpful to remind myself of this, and I find it's helpful to remind all of you of this, okay? I want you to think about something, is I want you to picture you, 10 years ago, okay? I want you to picture you 10 years ago. All right, think back. That means if you're 15 here, that I want you to picture you at five years old. If you're 25 here, I want you to picture yourself at 15, okay? And just like on, on it goes, right? I want you to picture yourself 10 years ago. Think about who you were. Think about this. Think about, think about how foolish you were. Right? I mean, all of us can look back 10 years ago and see ourselves. Or if you could get in a time machine and go back and talk to yourself 10 years ago, there would be a lot of things that you'd want to say to that person, right? There'd be a lot of things you'd say, please don't do that business deal. Please don't invest in that thing, you know, or please don't get into this relationship. That's going to, you think it's going to be great, but it's going to hurt. It's going to harm you. It's going to hurt. You know, you're going to have all sort of knowledge and, that you, and wisdom that you've accrued over these last 10 years that you wish you could impart to that person, that person 10 years ago, because 10 years ago you were foolish. Now think about this. Now, 10 years from now, okay. Guess what you're gonna think about yourself today? What? You're foolish. (laughs) You are so foolish. Ten years from now, you're gonna look at yourself today and say, What were they thinking? Why are they doing that? Like, stop doing no, don't do that. And so here's here's what I'm getting at, all right? Every one of us in the room are fools. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Every single one of us in the room, we, we, we don't think we are. I mean, we've certainly, we've grown, but listen, we have to have the humility to understand that even today, right now, sitting in this room, there just, there's just, there's foolishness wrapped up in us. So therefore, do you need wisdom? Yes, you do. Do you, you, need, do you need wisdom no matter how old you are? Yes, you, we need wisdom. Another one of the reasons why we need wisdom, listen to this, this will apply to, to many of us, maybe not all of us, but for most of us, we need wisdom, listen, because you had parents who were fools. <laughs> for some of us, you didn't know, you don't, you're not wise and you don't know how to find wisdom and you, you're, you just don't have wisdom a part of your life and it's because it wasn't imparted to you. You weren't trained to look for it. And that's a sad thing. That's a sad thing. Um, but a lot of us, you know, if you could tell your story, you grew up in a house where there was just a lot of foolishness just wrapped up in your parents. And therefore, here you are today and you're trying to live your life and maybe you're a parent now and you're trying to parent your children with wisdom, wisdom, but if it wasn't imparted to you, if, it, if you didn't get a chance to really see wisdom in action, then, you're, then, then perhaps you're playing with, you know, with, not with, without a whole deck. You know, you don't have a whole hand in front of you. you you're, you're trying to put a puzzle together, but you don't have the puzzle box lid to be able to see what the puzzle is supposed to look like. And so therefore, you're sort of just trying to figure it out. A lot of us have that story. So we need wisdom. You need Wisdom. Not just for you, because you have an opportunity. I have an opportunity in the time that we have to impart wisdom, to give it away, to show others coming behind us how to walk in wisdom. So we're spending some weeks talking about those, are just a few small reasons why. Um, five things this morning that I see from this passage. Wisdom is this wisdom is practically helpful, it's absolutely essential, it's annoyingly honest. It's intentionally slippery, and it's irresistibly personal, right? Those are the five things I see in this passage. Here's the first one. Wisdom is practically helpful. Here's one of the things you'll see when you open the book of Proverbs is it is intensely practical and so helpful, so helpful. So many topics are covered in the book of Proverbs. Um, You want to know how to go about your marriage? Guess what? It's in there. You want to know about sort of like dating, like who am I, who, do I, who should I marry, who should I, you know, I'm looking for somebody. Guess what? It's in there. Um, you got a business deal coming up and you're not quite sure, like, you know, what should I do about this business deal? You know, I'm not really sure. Guess what? It's in there. It's in there. Um, is there someone talking behind your back right now? You sort of sense that there's somebody sort of like sp- spreading rumors or lies about it. what are you supposed to do about that? Guess what? It's in there. It's in there. Um, is there someone like at your work or maybe maybe in your house that just won't shut up? <laughs> they just like talk, 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 and their opinion always is heard, and they just won't shut up. See, Walter knows exactly what I'm talking about because he's laughing hard. Um, hey, what are you supposed to do with, with somebody like that? Guess what? It's in there. It's in there. Um, should you save or should you spend? You know, what should you do in that moment? Guess what? It's in there. Um, Buying or selling, guess what? It's in there. It's in there. Um, disciplining your children. How do you, you know, how you go about discipline and, you know, what? Ah, guess what? It's in there. It's in there. Um, do you swear a lot? Are you having trouble just like with your, you know, with your mouth, you know, how do I rein this in? And like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And, you know, what do I do with this mouth of mine? Guess what? It's in there. It's in there. Um, you struggle with, or do you worry a lot? Are you a worrier? Do you worry a lot? What do you do with that worry? Guess what? It's in there. Lazy? Are you lazy? Do you know someone that's lazy? How do you combat laziness? Guess what? It's in there. Uh, You have a temper? Guess what? It's in there. Are you somebody taking you to court and you got to do a lawsuit? Guess what? It's in there. It is, this is my first point and then I'm done. I'll move on. This wisdom that we get in Proverbs is practically helpful. It's so helpful. Uh, Number two is this. Wisdom is absolutely essential. It's absolutely essential. Verse 10, what Becca read, says this. It says, choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. And then check this out. And then it says this. And nothing you desire can compare with her. That's bold. That's bold for this psalmist to say, or, you know, for Solomon. And he knows because he's the one that asked for wisdom. He says, get wisdom. It's more precious than rubies. It's more precious than, you know, that car you want to buy. Man, this is more precious than, you know, you want to buy a house. Houses are great. But look, if you're going to get anything, get wisdom. Nothing compares with wisdom. Why would Solomon say wisdom um, is so essential? Well, this is why I brought the whiteboard out. Um, I, get to, uh, I get to teach um, some classes at New Hope, and, um, and so I like getting into teacher mode. I was going to bring it up here, but it's just hard to see. So sorry for all of you. Maybe maybe it's hard to see. We'll figure it out. Or, you know, just close your eyes and listen to my sweet-sounding voice, okay? But listen, um, wisdom is important because your life is a mixture of, of a bazillion amount of choices that you have to make every single day. Every single day, your life is this, you know, this is you waking up. And then right away, you've got maybe like eight choices that you got to make, you know, maybe some big ones, maybe some little, you know, a big one should be, should I hit the snooze button again? Or should I get to work on time? You know, that's a big decision. Um, and uh, But then every single one of these decisions that you potentially might make, there are 80 more and 80 more. And this is just like before you leave the house. And then you, you start driving and you got to make all these other decisions and so many decisions and, decisions and decisions and decisions and decisions and forks in the road and forks in the road and forks in the road. This is your life. This is like... this is before noon and not even not even to mention that here's like another person over here and they've got all their choices and their choices start like infracting and shaping and you know affecting all of your choices and then add like all the people on the highway and the freeway with you over here and all theirs and suddenly you have this really really complicated web of decisions and moments and what do I do what do I do so here's what I want you to see is um there's going to be you've got a couple things to help you navigate these choices and there's some two big ones two really big ones one is you've got morals okay you have a sense of what's right and wrong now your morals are going to help you make some of these decisions cuz listen you know you might run up against something over here and it's like hey should i cheat on my taxes Uh, you know, like you don't have to pray about that one, you know? Hey, should I like, should I, you know, um, cheat on my spouse today? You know, should I do that? No, you don't got to pray about that one. See, this is, these are your morals that are helping guide and lead you with a lot of these big decisions. So you want to look at your morals. But guess what? Your morals are not enough. Because some of these decisions that you make are not necessarily moral decisions. Should you have eggs? Or should you have hash browns? There's no verse in the Bible about that one, right? Your morals aren't necessarily going to help you with that, unless you're vegan, I guess, all right? So that's, that's, another, that's, another, uh, that's another conversation. But uh, your morals are going to help you in some areas, but in some areas, in fact, think about this, the majority of the decisions you make every single day are not moral decisions. Here's another thing that you have that's going to help you make some of these decisions is you've got, you've got knowledge, you've got intelligence and intelligence is a really beautiful thing just like your morals are and intelligence is going to help you make some really great decisions in life and you should use your intelligence and some of those decisions there is going to require some intelligence but your intelligence isn't enough Because how many of us know that you can know everything about a particular topic and still make an unwise decision? And here's where we get to the crux of why wisdom is so essential, so essential. This is why why Solomon is saying, get wisdom. And he's not saying get knowledge. And he's not saying, and he's not saying get like deeper morals as, as good as those are. You should have morals but the psalmist is saying good morals and all the knowledge in the world about things isn't isn't it's not enough it's not enough to help you navigate your life in a, in, in a way that's in a way that's healthy and right and good you need something else there's a missing ingredient and the the answer is what you need is wisdom you need wisdom because wisdom goes deeper Wisdom is your morals, but it's more than that. And wisdom is your knowledge, but it's more than that. You need wisdom to know how do I apply my knowledge? How do I apply my morals? And in what, and how much and in how many doses and what time of the day? And you need wisdom to help you do this. So I'll just use an example. I'm, you know, I, I, uh, I, I often use parenting examples because I'm just in the middle of parenting madness right now, you know, with our three boys. And do you know what I need a lot of wisdom in? Is I need a lot of wisdom w- when it comes to discipline. Because, see, listen, my morals, see, you don't have to convince me of the goodness of discipline. I'm on board, right? It's good to, to help shape my kids and discipline my kids. So I'm going to do it. Knowledge is good, too. I've read some books. Some of you parents have read some books. There's a lot of great knowledge in how to, how to, how to help shape and train your kids, but I'll tell you, when like one's banging on my chest and screaming in my ear and the other one's like, but why, you know, and then the other one's like, he hit me, and all the knowledge and, you know, and like all that stuff, it just, in those moments, what do I need? How do I need? Guess what I need? I need wisdom. Well, I, I, somebody said something else over here. I can't even, I don't even know what you said, but it, I bet it was hilarious. Um, I need wisdom. I need wisdom in that moment. Because you know what, with discipline, sometimes sometimes one of my kids will do something and I know and I know that there needs to be consequences. And so I march into the room and I'm I'm ready for the consequences, you know? All right, bro. Here we go. Here's what happened. Here's what you got to do. And you know, and I've got I've got kids who sort of like know the lingo. So sometimes my son Jeremiah will be like, "Yeah, but dad, give me grace." Jesus gave us grace. Give me grace. You're a pastor, aren't you? Give me... No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. But, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for the consequences. And give me grace. And, you know, so a lot of times I do the consequences, right? Because it's good for him to understand there's consequences. But you know what I do sometimes, though? Do you know what I do sometimes? I give him grace. I say... I get it, man. Listen, I'm letting you off the hook on this one. And here's why. And here's why I'm doing this. You know, how do you know when to enforce the consequences, when to give grace? Listen, your morals and your knowledge are great, but they're not going to get you there. It's going to be this other thing that you so desperately need. It's going to be wisdom. It's going to be wisdom. It's essential essential. So that's why we're talking about it. Listen, here's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to skip to my last point this morning, because it's the one that brings it back to Jesus. But um, here's what we'll have to do. I'm sort of like putting the bait on the hook. You got to come back next week if you want to hear why in the world wisdom is annoyingly honest. And you got to come back next week to to find out why um, wisdom is, uh, what's the other one? Wisdom is, I can't even find it now. Oh, yeah, wisdom is intentionally slippery, all right? Those are some good ones. Those are next week. I want to get to the last one. Wisdom is irresistibly personal, irresistibly personal. Uh, This psalm, again, it's Lady Wisdom crying out. And do you remember what Lady Wisdom says here? Um, Lady Wisdom says this. Um, first of all, it's it's interesting that the Book of Proverbs personifies wisdom. It uses this literary device of turning wisdom sort of into a into a person, into a woman, and that's helpful and that's nice. And it's easy for us to say, "Oh, that's that's really cool," but it's it's so much more than that. It's more than that. Wisdom is or this, this. The Psalms are turning wisdom. Sorry, the Proverbs rather are turning wisdom into a person because it's trying to get at something. It's trying to get at this idea that. The point of Proverbs is not for us to sort of memorize some statements. But the point of Proverbs is to invite us into a love affair with wisdom. It's inviting us into have a, a deep relationship with wisdom. A relationship with wisdom. It's inviting us not just to, I have this on the board in case you're taking notes, it's inviting us Inviting us not just to have some wisdom, but to know wisdom personally. To know wisdom personally. How do you do that? How do you know wisdom personally? Well, um, if you could have a relationship with wisdom and not just know some things about wisdom or not just have some things memorized, but if you could really know wisdom, have a relationship with wisdom, the more you get to know wisdom, the more wisdom is going to rub off on you and the more you're going to become a wise person. Proverbs are inviting us into this relationship with wisdom. Do you remember in uh, the passage, In, in uh, it was uh, verse 22. Verse 22, here's what it says. It says, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Wisdom's talking about itself. Wisdom says, I was there at the beginning. I was formed long, uh, long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there was no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, I was there. Wisdom is sort of saying, I was there at creation at the very beginning. Do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of this passage of scripture that we read often, especially at Christmas time. It's the very first beginning, the very first chapter of the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And at the beginning of John, it has these words that are so poetic and so beautiful. It says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And that word, word, when you read it in your Bible, it says, "In the beginning was the word." That's the word Logos. It's the word Logos. It's in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And that word Logos is a really tricky word that commentators have tried to pull apart and understand. Logos. What did it? Because it means it means a lot of things. We get the sort of the word logic from it, but it's not logic. It's is deeper than that. And we could just spend weeks and weeks unpacking just that word Logos. What does it mean? But one of the ways that you can interpret the word Logos is the word wisdom. In the beginning was the wisdom. And the wisdom was with God. And the wisdom was God. And that's talking about Jesus. And Proverbs is great. And learning, you know, memorizing the Proverbs and going through it in 31 days is awesome. I hope you do those things. There's so many practical, helpful things. But if you just think just memorizing a proverb is going to give you wisdom, it won't. It won't because you need something more. You need to know wisdom, not just know about wisdom. And the way that you know wisdom, the way you can have a relationship with wisdom, the scripture tells us that you got to look at Jesus because Jesus is wisdom personified. Wisdom personified. Wisdom in the flesh. And this is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'll just say this. The fact that Jesus is wisdom personified is so huge because not only Jesus, does Jesus give us some good wisdom, when you read the gospels, Jesus says a lot of profound, beautiful things. You read the Sermon on the Mount, filled with wisdom. Jesus is wise beyond wise. But do you know what else Jesus is? Do you know why Jesus's wisdom surpasses Solomon's? And even Jesus said it himself. He said, now someone is here and, he, and, and he's greater than, than Solomon. Jesus' wisdom surpasses Solomon's. Not because Jesus knows more than Solomon, which I'm sure he does. But Jesus' wisdom surpasses Solomon because Jesus not only had wisdom, but Jesus was wisdom. He embodied it. He lived a life of pure wisdom. And you can't say that about Solomon." Because if you know anything about Solomon, you know that Solomon ended up having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wives and hundreds and hundreds of concubines on top of that. And and Solomon's life ended up spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. Jesus' wisdom surpasses Solomon's because Jesus not only had wisdom, he was wisdom. And then lastly, Jesus was those things, but also he is our wisdom. He's our wisdom, because do you know what you are? You're foolish. I'm foolish. I'm not good enough. I can't perform good enough. I can't do it. I can't have complete wisdom like Jesus did. So you know what? Jesus isn't up in heaven saying, be wise like I'm wise. You be wise like me, or else. No, Jesus says, I know you can't be wise like me. So you know what? I'm going to come, and I'm going to be wisdom for you. I'm going to live the life you should have lived. I'm going to die the death you should have died. I'm going to carry your burdens. I'm going to carry your sins so that you can be free. That's Jesus, our wisdom. Come back next week and we'll look more at wisdom.